Tonight, moving up, skies becoming partly cloudy. Early morning tomorrow, again, a muggy kickoff to the day and another hot day follows, but a returning chance of scattered afternoon shower and thunderstorm activity. 70s to near 80 tomorrow afternoon around the lower to mid-90s. Heat and distance could get up to 100 to 105 or so. Rain chances coming back a little higher, taking the edge off the heat daily, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Scattered storms, showers, partly cloudy at times, the lower 90s. Ralph Sanji, WGSO. CDC is working to help keep you and your community safe from the threat of a novel or new coronavirus. There are steps you can take now to get ready if an outbreak occurs in your community. Make a household plan. Older adults and people with chronic medical conditions are at greater risk. Take extra steps to protect them. Think about what you will do if there are changes to your work schedule. Practice good health habits, such as frequently washing hands with soap and water, staying home when sick, and covering coughs and sneezes. For more information, visit cdc.gov. And here it's time for another round of The Food Show. I'm Tom Fitzmorris. I get my hands on the things that excites us Norlinians as often as we possibly can. Uh, we eat, we drink, we drink and we eat together. We have <laughs> spices. We have uh, all sorts of dishes that no one has ever heard of before. And then you take a bite or two and you wonder, how could this have appeared from out of nowhere and be this good? Uh, that's what we're always looking for. We, we have a couple of uh, those that don't quite hit it, but that's not what we're after. We're not trying to find restaurants that have failed in some way. What we're looking for are great, great excuse me, uh, are great tastes uh, from great ingredients wherever it was that you got them. And you can do this. I mean, in New Orleans and the whole area here, Cajun country and everything else, and you are able to impress everybody in dining around the world. It's I think that's not true. Uh, go do a little searching yourself and you will see things like that happen all the time. So anyway, here we are. Uh, I just took a pretty long uh, thought parade uh, trying to see if I could pull some of the better things uh, right away. And I did get a few of them and then I lost a piece of paper there. <laughs> I, you know, it's, it's so uh, shameful that uh, you can screw up something as good as that. Uh, but well. Oh, well, uh, it's something I'm pretty good at and have been all my we life. Got a, so. uh, we got a really interesting the ma- thing in yeah. the mail yesterday. I'm Marianne, oh, by the way. Know, I don't Tom's know wife and co-host of the show. I've been Food show, for that. 32 years running now. Yes, someone sent you. You know who this was, Tom. I know all about the, it. Oh, okay. So, uh, go ahead. This was a spinoff on one of several. Uh, it says here the Elmwood Plantation, but this also involved uh, a, a few other dishes that were made uh, all over anything that would have some uh, Italians in, involved in it because these were very Italian guys. They were also accomplished restaurateurs. Their food was always great. And this was thought of as the, the, the Who real was it? masterpiece. Who was involved in that, Tom? The, have you heard The Elmwood of, Plantation was... The Elmwood Plantation is right here. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but they are... The sadly and, and that gone. Is con- that was that, a good place. That was considered their top batch. But they had about five or six more. And uh, the family uh, of the 
oh, what's their name? Uh, the Marcellos. The Marcellos. Uh, yeah, was that, not. He was. Was he the owner? Was he was he, the owner? He was. He was the, the owner. Yeah. And he. Uh, he had uh, who was few... the chef though? Because the chef kind of wound up someplace else. It yes. Was really a good. Yeah, it, really it was, good restaurant. His last name was Nick. And uh, and the other part of it was. Um, if you went across the Mississippi River at that point, you'd go from Harahan to this warehouse. Elmwood? Elmwood. That's Elmwood. You have oh, yeah, the already. Elmwood Plantation. But, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but uh, they also had other restaurants, uh, the family, the family. Uh-huh. You know, I'm trying to give you a um, little. This menu was sent to you by the guy that you know, Manresa, oh, who had family. like three generations of at Manresa and you were always I went mentioning times. the fact that the eldest member of the family, the patriarch, reminded you in looks of your own father. And he passed away either last year or the year before and mm-hmm. has not been at Manresa obviously since then. But his son sent you a lovely note saying they're still clearing out his his dad's things and wanted you to have that Elmwood menu. And uh, you explained it pretty well. Uh, the, the son uh, of this fellow, uh, he, I would catch him when we'd go to... Yeah, out of the corner of your eye and you'd say, God, it looks like my dad. Yeah, it looked exactly uh-huh. I, and, and I, I want to say their name was Coleman. Was no, their name it Coleman? Was, it was a very, uh, very middle of the road. Anyway, uh, nice, he nice sent, people. yes, he sent you that old menu from Elmwood Plantation, and I don't know how old it is exactly. Elmwood Plantation departed in early 90s, maybe, or late 80s. Uh, I'm no, trying to think if I ever went there. I think I did. It has been there for a long, long time. I think I went there right close to the end because you and I didn't get together until 1988. We got married in 1989 and then we had children right away. So I pretty much was home with the kids. And I think maybe we, you and I might've gone after we had kids. So maybe the early 90s, but I think that it could easily have also been in that first year that we were together before or four kids. So, mm-hmm. um, curious about that. Anybody know the uh, the sad demise, the year of the sad demise of Elmwood Plantation, which burned to the ground, mm-hmm. and there ended a wonderful chapter in New Orleans dining. I couldn't be happier than I am with this because I've been trying to get my hands on one of these. Oh well, for- there you go ages there you go and now i let's have make one. sure it goes in the drawer with all the menus and all of these people they there was a well i, I have so many more of them i could introduce you to them with but what's uh, some of the stuff on that menu tom it's a little I, tiny it was creole print. and italian kind of mixed, yes it, the classic new orleans yes in fact you could read this menu and go straight you to know, it, it, the elmwood today uh, in nomenu.com and also in the newsletter we have a uh, an account of our lunch at Filippo, which to me is like the epitome of what you're talking about at Elmwood Plantation. Was it the same style of cooking? Very much so. Yes, modern, that, delicious it, Italian. It was widely distributed. Mm-hmm. Some of the restaurants, and I, I, my memory yeah, is not part. strong, uh, 
uh, here are some of the things where, first of all, there was the man who was uh, uh, always able to. Uh, I'll bet trying. you they had a great oysters Elmwood or something with the garlic and herbs yeah. and breadcrumbs and Parmesan cheese. Uh, there was a guy who was uh, often told by other people that he was a Nazi guy. Not a Nazi guy. <laughs> oh, uh, Joe Segreto. Joe Segreto. Was it no, Joe wait, Segreto? Wait, wait, no, Joe Segreto I knew very well. He's he no wasn't with them? He wasn't at Elmwood He was with them. Joe Segreto was there. The yeah, yeah, okay. And, uh, and right. he was the uh -huh. same. As a matter of fact, if you could get a line on... On him, yeah, would, we're gonna we're gonna stop you before mm. you get into trouble. So let's fo focus I, on the menu. Uh, I'm sorry. What? Let's focus on the menu. Tell us a little bit. About the menu. There, the there were so there. many other things. If I had known this was coming, I would. Uh, oh well, have, I just picked it up book, because it's right in front of me. There's a, a new book that just came out that was of uh, an explosion of, of uh -huh, of I, what? I need the perfect word for this, but I'm uh, not getting it. Okay. Uh, but also, uh, there were other, the, the man who, uh, uh, he, he, he could uh, make Did they have, uh, uh, did they have a good crab yeah. meat? I'm and they would make Henny, I think it's a good idea <laughs> yeah. for you to do that um, at break. Okay, let's do that. We'll go through all this at break, but let's just focus on what is here in front of us right now. Um, I see that they have the usual trout marguerite, trout almondine. Um, it looks like uh, just plain broiled trout. They have lobster, which you didn't really mm -hmm. see much, much in restaurants but it had gotten that back way in that time. Pateri, he, made a, he turned that into a... Yeah, but thing. but you still didn't see it very much, except often, as sort right. of a, an anomaly. But um, I'm surprised to see that on this menu, although maybe not really, because this was where mm -hmm. the high rollers went, wasn't That's it? Right. Yeah. Okay, so they had mm. oysters. It looks like oysters Mosca there. That is it, and the man who was the chef. Vinny Mosca? No, not no, Vinny. No, it was his father. Uh, oh, was there at Elmwood? Yes. Ah, okay. And he was. I, I want to say he they was, had turkey poulette. Go ahead. Turkey poulette. <laughs> I don't know about that. But they, turkey poulette was on the menu here. Squab and wild boar. Wow, how very uh, avant-garde of them. Chicken cacciatore. Okay, we're going to take a break you. and be right back, and we'll talk some more about this menu. That so uh, that explains why all of these dishes are at Mosca's, because. Mosca, that's the connection there. Because all these dishes are at, well, not all of them, because Mosca is a much more abbreviated menu than this is. But anyway, we'll come back with some more talking about the menu from um, Elmwood Plantation, sadly no longer with us. 5569696, if you want to reminisce with us, we have two guests today, so let's get to talking quickly. Tony Mandina's roots go back to Salaparuta, Sicily. His father left in 1924, but those connections are still powerful. The restaurant uses extra virgin olive oil and wines made at Villa Mandina in the ancestral home. Tony's restaurant started in 1982 with 14 tables and has grown to seat 180, with his daughters and granddaughter running it now. Now this West Bank favorite still serves their delicious Sicilian New Orleans menu in a place that feels like home and pick up some of their famous red gravies sold in groceries all over town. Tony Mandina's 1915 Pratt Street, Gretna, 362-2010. 
Bistro Orleans, it's back with its familiar classic New Orleans cuisine in a casual setting serving only Louisiana oysters and always wild-caught Des Almonds catfish. And the seafood boat, Carnival Time Lounge, has happy hour Wednesday through Friday. Bistro Orleans is open daily for a lunch at 11, dinner Wednesday through Sunday. Bistro Orleans, 3216 West Esplanade in Metairie, 304 1469. Care Restaurant and Supply has reopened for you to come in and shop. Care has all the wipes, gloves, and sanitizing supplies that you may need, and face masks. They have a great selection of takeout containers, too. Call Billy to help you plan the renovation of your kitchen or dining room. Home Cooks will find a great selection of kitchen tools, too. Hours are 8 to 4 weekdays right now. Buy local. Our city depends on it. Care, hotel, and restaurant supply. Call 482-0294, 4815 Conti Street. I like a Gershwin tune. How about you? Are back. And uh, we're, be. we're going through the Mosca family history because it's Mosca's that was uh, it is. was heavily involved in um, in Elmwood Plantation. Uh, you were trying to remember Diamond Jim Brady, who we have a book on now, thanks to Dominic That's the book Nassau. I was mentioning a minute ago. <laughs> that is a wonderful uh, book. Were you looking through uh, it? I have a copy, and it is uh, fantastically mm-hmm. interested if you are yourself interested in that whole era. Bizarre uh, things, yes. Yeah, it, it, it was uh, something else. I've been looking for a book of that kind for uh-huh. a long time, uh-huh. maybe 30, 40, 50 years. So there is a really interesting section in this menu here. Well, they have the chicken grande, which made its way over to Mosca's, and they have um, they have the, the oysters Mosca. Those are some of the things that jumped over to um, what is now Mosca's, but um, they had a rock Cornish game hen. They had quail and wild boar, pheasant, turkey poulet, which is kind of, isn't turkey poulet sort of a really poulet. ordinary? Yeah, very much so. Yeah, it's, it's like an open face. Is it? What is it's, turkey uh, It's turkey, uh, bacon, and... Uh, Was it rolled or something? It kind of rolled up, yeah. Uh-huh. I've seen it a bunch of different ways. It seems so boring to be it, on a menu it is. like this. It's, there was only one restaurant that still had its name, uh, uh, and uh, it's that the Pepper Mill. They had Lobster the Thermidor. Pepper, the Paper Mill. The Pepper Mill? Pepper mm-hmm. Mill. They, they have that uh, anytime you ask them for it. They'll really? make it for you. Yeah. Really? Mm-hmm. Huh. And then there's chicken livers with sauce and mushrooms um yeah it's it's definitely all over the map in terms of really gourmet things and really not i mean really the turkey poulet's the only thing that you would not think of in a fancy restaurant but um but there's all kinds of stuff on the menu here that are very very uh familiar to people here the roast chicken elmwood i i heard was just Terrific. like fantastic. Yeah, yeah, it just fell in your mouth. It was just delicious and a really uh, great family for young people on their prom nights. Elmwood was and a big Elmwood prom was a, night thing, yeah, was it? Especially in huh. Harahan, Kenner. It was kind of expensive, like, it, I it, thought. It was, but not by our today's standards. Right, yeah? It would, yeah, it would be. Maybe that's when I went there. I knew I was there one time. Maybe it was like for some date or something. This is how bad my 
memory is about all of my bad dates. 69696 is the number if you would like to talk to us and reminisce about Elmwood Plantation. We actually got that menu about two weeks ago. Mm. Thank you to the Coleman's for sending it. I, and, I would um, ask anybody who's listening to us today who remembers all of those uh, restaurants and the people who ran them. Uh, they were major proponents uh, from that era yeah. of eating. Yeah. And uh, there's no way you could not like it unless you didn't like spaghetti. Okay, so when you say the group of restaurants, you're thinking of La Louisiane. Yep. Right? And impostados. Impostados was part of These were all related in one way or another. Yes, family relations. Uh, yes, For correct. example, impostado, uh -huh. uh, most of his recipes uh -huh. and the kind of restaurant menu that he had, most of that had actually come in from our fellows here. Elmwood? From Elmwood. Because, I mean, he was from Palermo. He's from Palermo. He was, but he was this, too. Because there were a lot of, right? in New Orleans, there's lots of Italian people doing really great food. And uh, and this is a, 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 just a perfect identity of that. Now, when Joe Segreto threw you out of the restaurant, was he, it Elmwood? He uh, threw yeah, me I out know, of the I restaurant. Yeah, I know, I know. Don't say the other thing. <laughs> so, now, was was that another uh, restaurant? What, what restaurant did he throw you out of, Tom? Uh, let's see. Uh, Christian's. What? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Wait, what? Christians, the name, the restaurant Christians. What do you have remember? they got to do with anything? Well, because uh, he, he's from the other family. He's from the Galvars group. He he was, yeah. Joe Segreta uh, was a Christians. Oh, uh, I don't I, think so. I don't know, but uh, I don't think but so. uh, at Christians, Joe Segreta was with the Italians. What happened uh, was, uh, oh, I remember what it was. Richard Collin, <laughs> who steps in and everything. <laughs> And, Richard Collin, who and, haunts this show, I, I feel like his his uh, his presence is over mm -hmm. this dining room table every time we turn the mics on. Richard Collin turns up in this show between yeah. Richard Collin and Gerard Crozier. And don't forget me because I was in this too. Well, Tom, you're still alive, so well, you are we're... still alive. Let me check. Okay. Quit touching me. <laughs> Go ahead. Anyway, um, where was I now? Oh, uh, I remember. We're what trying it was, to uh, get the family uh, straight. The uh, owner, or one of the owners of uh, Christians, in this case, it was Chris uh, Ansel. Chris Ansel. Yes. Uh, I, Who had nothing to do with any of these people, or anything to do with me. Huh. But I went there with a, a guy who was in for from out of town. He. Okay. I thought it would be a good restaurant for him okay. to get a taste of New Orleans, and um, uh, the other Christian had a partner uh, who was eludes me at the moment, but um, if you uh, uh, could uh, get part to be uh, some of that, you could... It wasn't the guy that turned up at Broussard's, was it? Yeah, that's it. And and here's... <laughs> no, that's that's it. Yes, I'm trying, you know, I'm trying to think of his names, but I'll never forget something but, that he uh, said But anyway, once. so he came in and he saw that I was sitting there having dinner, and he, uh, he George, told was me, it George? Yeah. And and he threw me out. And there Wait, was Joe or George. You've been thrown out a lot. So which one? Uh, get your um, get your story. I don't. Straight. Know, to tell you the truth, I don't know um, the nations too much of these. It, but to 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 finish this out, uh, they they said we don't want people who are doing restaurant reviews anymore. We're uh -huh. not going to let anybody do it. So they closed the gate uh -huh. at, at Christians. Uh huh. And 
it went on and on and on. And then one day I was in the grocery store right next to Christian's mm -hmm. and Chris Ansel came over and he said, you can come now. <laughs> George Huber. Was it George, George Huber, Huber? I'm sorry. No, you, I, that was my mistake. Yeah, uh, it's not him. Well, oh, well then it's not him at all. Like you're talking about two completely different families and restaurants. I mean, you might have gotten thrown out of there because I think you got out. thrown out of this town. But Joseph yeah, well, Reto was maybe the most menacing uh, exit that you had, and um, and he was part of this whole Elmwood group. I didn't realize that it was Joseph Reto that was the manager there. But I was trying to figure out what restaurant of his that he managed that he threw you out of, and yeah. it can't. I don't think it was Elmwood, was it? No, it was, no, not... I don't uh, think it was Christians either. Uh, but... Uh, it was Christians. Um, it's hard it, to think when you're getting yeah, literally thrown out, though. But uh, you're in the right neighborhood. <laughs> well, I can't, we can't explore it in depth like that. But anyway, Elmwood Plantation was a, and is a fond memory for a lot of New Orleans diners. And um, if that was a... If that was a prom place back in the 70s, Very 80s, popular. then I would say that those were pretty high-rolling kids. I mean, I oh, went to Masson's, which I thought was, you know, pretty fancy. And I don't think that Elmwood, um, I think Elmwood was kind of... A few steps above one. that. Yeah, I know what, it was really hot. When it was it's very, dead. very. At uh, the time much. of the fire, it was at its prime because mm -hmm. I know people were absolutely heartbroken about that. Yeah, heartbroken. Very much so. Some uh, of them still not over it. It's true. Yeah. Anyway, five five six nine six nine six. We are reminiscing about Elmwood Plantation, which was a much beloved restaurant in the delicious Sicilian Italian vein in New Orleans. And um, it was um, it was sort of um, larger than life for its reputed mafia connections and all of the other sort of lore that surrounded it. Yeah, you hear that a lot, and then sometimes you don't hear it at all. But there, uh, well, it was it was definitely uh, sort of known as um, you know in that vein, and um, and it had sort of a mystique about it, kind of the same kind mm -hmm. of mystique that Moscas has, where the food went, the lore went, mm -hmm. also, you know, and maybe it's because boy, the people went there too. I could, don't know. Would you eat in that place? What in Elmwood? Yeah. It was a lot of food came and to the table. Not just a lot. It but was great. It was both quantitative and qualitative. Yes. I hope that we can get somebody to tell us about Elmwood. I'm uh, sure. Uh, it, it was five, five, a little six, out of nine, the way. Six, nine, but... six. I'm sure that there are many people who are listening to the show who have been to Elmwood on more than one occasion and for whom it is a beloved and cherished memory. You know? Anyway, five five six nine six nine six. Do we have callers? Because if someone texted saying, do, yes, are you being you informed that there are callers? Yes, you do okay. have callers. Yes. All right. Yes. First, you have, well, uh, okay. or do you want to go to one? Well, yeah, it's kind of late now, so um, just go ahead and break in when there are callers. So who's the first one? 
Don, the gourmet neighbor. Okay, let's go to Don. Don, welcome to the food show. I I'm glad you texted because it's you know it's a it's hard to imagine yeah. that people do not want to talk about Elmwood Plantation. Well, I don't want to talk about Elmwood Plantation. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. Go right ahead with whatever. You well, what do did there. you want to talk about? Oh, I don't even know. I, every time I look at my credit card bill, I start looking at the places I eat at that we've eaten, and I say, "Oh, I've got to call Tom and Marianne about this place or that place." And okay, so the month that you, I'm so, so Sabah, Sabah this weekend. Yes. Fantastic. Yes. Well, that I was mean, what we were trying to do. To tell you the truth, I mean, is to get you to pay attention to it and have a have a. A, so, a drink a report. and uh, yes, a, a report. report. Yeah, yes. I mean that's that's the so, whole program. Well, Don, you have you sound like you have like a list of things. Do you have a list of things? Just a, a couple of things. I don't think we're gonna. Yeah, a couple, just a couple of places that we went. Yes. Okay, so you that's have like thing. thirty so, seconds. I'm sure it's more than thirty seconds. How long have you been holding gonna, on? I'm sorry. Uh, about six minutes, I guess. That's okay. Oh gosh. Okay. I was because uh, right. I, I in listening on the heads. I was I was very confused by the whole Elmwood thing. But anyway, that's just me. I'm easily confused. <laughs> Wait, confused that we were talking <laughs> no, about Elmwood? Sure. <laughs> no, just the whole conversation. But Tom was right. I do remember back in the day that was a huge prom place. And because everyone else yeah. was bringing their date there, I refused to do that because I'm not a sheep. So. <laughs> I, I, I rebelled and went somewhere else, you know? Well, where did you go? Just out of curiosity. Oh, well, before Bella Luna, what was it? Um, with the with the fettuccine made table side and the big, um, oh. Wait a second. You are such a youngster. Bella Luna was your prom place. Okay, we have no, to stop no. now. So before. hang on. I'm sorry to ask okay, you to hang ahead. on even longer, but hang on and we'll we'll be right back after the bottom of the hour news, which starts right now from the Louisiana Radio Network. Louisiana Radio Network News, I'm Kevin Barnhart. Many prominent college football players and coaches are pushing back against the possible cancellation of the fall season. Tiger Ag editor Ron Higgins says the vocal hashtag we want to play campaign being waged by many of the sport's most prominent figures is placing a lot of pressure on schools not to cancel the season. Especially when you have players come out and say it, it, it means a lot. A lot of these players understand the risk of this. Bama's Nick Saban, Clemson QB Trevor Lawrence, and Michigan coach Jim Harbaugh are just a few of the names to participate in the push. Hurricane experts are calling for an active season of storm activity, and with that prediction, Insurance Commissioner Jim Donlin is stressing the importance of proper coverage. Flood, homeowner, and commercial property insurances can still be obtained now, but only while a storm is not in the Gulf. Donlin says documentation of property is vital to expediting insurance claims. Film all of your assets before they're flooded or before they're damaged by a tree falling through the roof. Louisiana Radio Network.com. Bayou Fleet Towing, can I help you? Yes, I'm in the parking lot of the convenience store, and there are blowouts all over the place. Okay, how many blowouts are there? Well, it's kind of hard to tell. Every time I turn around, there's someone else with the blowout. They're everywhere, I tell you. Sir, I need the number of blowouts to send towing trucks. Maybe 50 to 100. Oh, there's someone else with a blowout. You better hurry before they're gone. Gone? Sir, they can't leave with a blowout. It's the lottery's new scratch-off 50 and a $100 blowout. You could win up to $100,000. What? Hole in the lottery's new scratch-off 50 and $100 blowout. You could win up to $100,000. Pick up 50 and $100 blowout at any lottery retailer. <laughs> I think you may want to send the whole fleet to tow all these winnings away. <laughs> 
Roger that. Play 50 and $100 blowout today for your chance to win up to $100,000. Must be at least 21 to purchase. I'll take Manhattan, the Bronx, and Staten Island, too. Yes, indeed. No. All right, so we have Don. Is Don gone, or did he stay on? I'm here. I am here. Okay. Okay, Don, no, we are so backed <clears throat> up now. Do you want to – can you call us back? Because I want to talk to you, but we can't because we have two callers, and now we have a guest at 2.30. All right, go ahead. That's fine. I'll call you another and since day. You're the since you're the gourmet neighbor – we figure we'll just ask you to call us back. Can you call us back? Of course, of course. Okay. See you All right. Soon. So we're gonna we'll just hold those thoughts and at three o'clock, call us back. Okay. If you All can. Right. Bye. All right. Thanks. Bye. All right. Let's go to AWG really quickly. Hey, how are y'all? Is he? We're good. Thanks. How about you? Good. All right. I'm gonna make it really fast since you got so many people backed up here. Hey, y'all were talking about culinary last week. And it really kind of whetted my appetite. We ended up going to Josephine Estelle, and it was oh. a 10. They knocked it out of the park. It was so good. Oh, good. Good. That's a good restaurant. So, I mean, the food's very good. It really is. I remember, I remember one lady uh, talking about, about pork chops, that if she ever goes to another place, another culinary has got pork chops, it would drive her crazy. There were no <laughs> pork chops. So... It sounds like my daughter. I'm sick of pork chops, she said. Yeah. Were there the so, same anyhow. three choices? Yeah, they're actually, actually, they're, theirs is a four-course dinner for $39. Okay. Mm. okay. Four-course. Uh -huh. Who is this? So, uh, Josephine Estelle. Oh. But how many choices do you get for the entrees? Two. Two. Okay, yeah. Yeah, because see, that's my problem with culinary. There's, you know, you either you you have to really check the menu before you go if you're going to do culinary, because right. it's very limited. So you have to decide, do I want to eat this before you even go? I mean, that's that's why they're posted, and it's a good thing for you to see. You know, this is the menu. Do I want to eat this and compare the menus? But I just find it a little limiting. So I'm glad you had a good time, though. Yeah, well, there were four of us, and we, you know, we each got. Uh, well, my wife and I, we got one of every of each of the, the two choices for each course, and the other couple did the same thing, and we all mm -hmm. were raving about it. It was it was just over the top. You know, those things. Sometimes I have low expectations, and uh, that way you're not too disappointed. But yeah. they, they really did a good job. So um, if anybody's yeah. looking for a good culinary, but you will need a reservation. Yes. Well, you need a reservation in general now anyway. So, yep. all right. Well, good. I'm all glad right. that you, if you, if you explore the culinary landscape some more, give us a call. I want to hear all the, the good ones out there. Will do. Thank you. Bye-bye. All right. Take thanks, care. Bye-bye. Thanks for coming by. All right. Do we have any other callers besides the guest? Okay. All right. So let's go to the guest who is Peyton Burrell. And uh, first of all, welcome to the show. This is a new restaurant in town. Oh, what this is This is a brave man. <laughs> oh, is that true? Peyton, are you there? Well, yes, Marianne, Tom, thank you so much for having me on. So, so I'm about to start with a slight correction. We are currently a purely online marketplace serving the New Orleans area. I'm proud to say that we are operating out of the banquet kitchen of my culinary school, the 
New Orleans Culinary and Hospitality Institute. So we launched mm-hmm. our website last week. We've been serving people for the last uh, seven days, and I'm so happy to be on your show. Ooh, Thank great. you so much. Okay, so That's always a good one. So you're going to be working. See, I don't really understand the program. This is an unusual thing. So why don't you take us from the very beginning? Your give us your story. You were out of town for a while, and then now you're back, and then lead us into what you're doing. Right. So I, you know, I attended the University of Alabama. Decided I wanted to start cooking. Uh, Moved in with my mom in Virginia to get a job, begged the chef. Uh, he took me in, really mentored me. Two years later, I hear about a culinary school in New Orleans. My father grew up here. I've spent a ton of time in the city, so it was a no-brainer to come back and get educated in the greatest food city in America. Um, and so upon Tom won't argue with that. No. Yeah, no, there's no arguing with that. Absolutely. And I mean, New York's great, but New Orleans is not at all. Uh, so after graduation, I wanted to pursue fine dining. Um, and there's obviously a plethora of fine dining options in New Orleans. But I really, really wanted to push myself to pursue a Michelin star job. So with the help of my culinary instructor, Chef Allison Rushing, uh, her and Slade set me up with a couple of stages. I went to New York City and landed a dream job at the restaurant Batard under Chef Marcus Locker. And things are going great. Uh, learning a lot, killing it. We had an unbelievable year there. And the pandemic, obviously, shuts the city down. We, I got furloughed. I was actually in London. Woke up to a text saying the restaurant was closed. Filed for unemployment. And at this time, you know, the travel uh, bans were coming into place. So we were freaking out. We get home uh, and just, you know, begin quarantine. And during quarantine, I really wanted to support restaurants. But I really struggled always with the quality of to-go food. It's, it's never as good as you get it in the restaurant. And so my favorite restaurants in the world you sit down. I mean, it's just a different experience. You take your food to go. It just Again, Tom is not going to argue with this. Absolutely. So, so I it's not my thing. Kind of come up with a I, better uh, approach. But everybody so, has his own, so why not? Absolutely. And so we, yeah. we started this idea of finish at home, of I would take you 80% of the way there, and you yourself would take this product home, basically set up like you're a chef on TV and easily cook a restaurant quality meal by yourself in under 30 minutes. I know it sounds crazy, but we did these uh, enthusiast classes while I was a student in Noki for, I mean, Frank Brightston, Tori McPhail, the chef Luvia, I mean, all these Mm. people and me and one other person required for setting them up. And there's a lot of thought that goes into an easily executed dish in a presentation for like a TV show or a brief instruction before a class. And I took that skill and I kind of applied it to this. And now we have our finished at home offerings. We offer one Monday through Wednesday, Friday and Sunday, and we do all the work for you. We get everything nice prepared and packaged. You come home, one simple set of instructions and you assemble this stuff. And so with that kind of idea, we decided, like, well, 
this is good. It's pandemic proof. You know, we can do contactless delivery. A lot of people are cooking at home. And that kind of pushed us in towards, well, this is going to be our phase one, and we want to move into kind of a market in small restaurants when when things get a little bit more normal. So right now we're, we're taking it slow. We're online-based out of the Nochi Culinary School, and we're really excited about it. That is a delicious – everything out of that kitchen is delicious. I, I'm, this is Noki Tom. Noki, N-O-C-H-I, Noki, right there when we went and had the lunch. Um, it's right at the corner of – it's right off Lee Circle, and it's, um, it's, in, it's upstairs. You, well, you had a really good lunch here. So Allison Rushing was in charge. It's the culinary school. Anyway, it, it's, it's delicious, really delicious. I'm still a little bit unclear about what it is that is, if we had to categorize this, it would be to go, but also, is it like a kit? I would describe it like a kit, exactly. So, so you would just imagine yourself like going on the news to, to cook a dish in 10 minutes. You have all of your knife work done. Your sauces that may take a day to make are ready to go. And you sit there. You've got to cook the fish. You saute some vegetables, heat up the sauce. You're ready to go. So we, we set you up. It's, it's very comparable to a lot of these uh, meal services you have where you get delivered, like your, your HelloFresh, and they have a recipe for you and this, this, and that. But we do all the hard stuff, and we do all the tedious prep tasks for you. So I'm sure HelloFresh is considerably downgraded from what you're offering. <laughs> um, Absolutely. Okay, Absolutely. so so do you have so the menu is online at Noki, and is who online, is? It's online at our at our website. So we operate out of the Noki Culinary School, but our okay. business itself has has no relationship with them. Um, okay. So we have our own website. It's Gourmand. G O U R M A N D. NewOrleans.com, and we launched that last. That week means you will do this for a shuffle. Is uh, GourmandNewOrleans.com. Mm -hmm. yes, is that right? Okay, GourmandNewOrleans.com, and you can, you. I guess you would have like a. Is it is it a daily thing that you can order, or is it a, a menu where you can pick and choose? Like you know, you go to a restaurant and you pick this from this and this, and then you assemble it yourself. So we, we have kind of a diverse variety of products. We have our finish at home meals, which is a kit for a three course meal, which we offer per person during the week. And Friday and Sunday, we do a family meal offering, generally something a little bit more rustic, larger portion sizes. Um, so this this offering is Hello? is very is, is supposed to imitate a a restaurant dish and a restaurant's feel to it you know it's it's, it's definitely an elevated dinner experience that you can cook at home um well we've we, been trying to elevate our dinner experiences to cook at home but this is this is a great way to do it this is uh this makes it easy you don't have to you don't have to really slave at it you can just do it well i think it's a great idea there's a lot of education that goes with it as well you know a, a dish right. that goes on a fine dining restaurant Sometimes it's 72 hours, some of the inputs take right. yeah. these things. 
So when I cook at home for my friends or if I cook for my family, I want to present them something that's restaurant quality, but I don't want to spend three days doing it because generally, well, before the pandemic, I spent those three days in a kitchen cooking for 12 yeah. hours a day. So the last thing uh-huh. I want to do is commit myself to a huge prep list uh, just for my day off. So this right. just kind of knocks it all out for you. You know, we we just take care of a lot of the stuff up front and just it's just very approachable. We try and keep it healthy Sundays. You know, we like the theme of a Sunday roast. So Sunday is generally a pretty, pretty rich, decadent dinner. <laughs> That's not? so British of you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, you know, I think with this whole idea kind of starting in my trip uh, to London during the pandemic, I feel like we have to pay a little homage to them. Yeah. Did you did you work in London? No, I did not. Uh, we just okay. went for vacation, my girlfriend and I, and uh-huh. we stopped by uh, Slade and Allison's flat and hung out with them for a little while. I got the opportunity to tour Slade's new restaurant, Louie. Uh, one of the most uh-huh. beautiful spaces. I've is it open now? I mean, it's a terrible time to open a restaurant, but is it is it open or what's the status of that? So to my knowledge right now, it opened sometime in September. Um, uh-huh. They've, from what I can see on the Instagram, from what I've heard from Allison, they've made, I mean, massive progress. When I was there, they were a couple of weeks away from their soft opening, uh, which is just, you know, hard to, hard to see something that was just so big so beautiful on the brink. Did you ever get a chance to go to, uh, uh, have you ever gotten a a shot at a restaurant in uh, uh, London called Rules? It's supposed to be the oldest active note restaurant in the world. And I went there. No, I did not. You know, London is like New York City. I think you could spend a lifetime Dining and dining yeah, and, and this this will grab you. It's, it's from the 1700s. Yeah, it's uh, it's in Covent Garden, which is close to it's, Slade it's and right, Alice's Covent restaurant. Garden. Yeah, and uh, it's something else. The first time it was a, a just fantastically good. The second time through, they threw me out. What? <laughs> they did. I, I was uh, <laughs> I was expecting to get a reservation uh, oh. coming in a little faster than they were ready to me. Mm. They, they said that they would uh, give me uh, 42. No, not just made, made that stuff up. But the the restaurant is for real. And if you ever go to London uh, and you really like restaurants, go. Uh, you know, if you check like that historic old restaurants, let's qualify unusual. that. If you like historic old restaurants, I, like I love your uh, your website, and it's um, it's definitely much clearer when you go through what you're doing there. But it's it's delicious, and uh, I mean, looking anyway. And uh, I have no doubt that you could be quite pleased if you pick up one of these or have it. So you, it, it's for pickup. You order it online and then you go pick it up. We do pick up Monday through Wednesday and on Friday uh, and Sunday we deliver because we'd hate to prize oh, the couch on Sunday. Okay. Okay. So you pick it up and you hide in your refrigerator and then you really impress someone um, and they think that you did something really, really glamorously gourmet, which is what all these pictures look like. Can you hang on for a few minutes? We have to take a break and we'll be right back with you, okay? Great. We're talking to Peyton Burrell, who who has had an interesting trajectory and uh, is starting this, actually, it's actually a really good time to do what he's doing, which is sort of a gourmet home cook 
wink, wink, that Peyton has cooked your delicious dinner. And uh, we'll, we'll mention the website when we come back again. Mimi's is the best restaurant that has ever been in St. Bernard Parish. A magic combination of terrific owner, hospitality, and talented chef, combined with a charming atmosphere to offer you a great dining experience. Don't miss oysters here. They have two or three different kinds, all wonderful. A terrific burger, if you must. Great steaks, too. Thursday is steak night. Mimi's 712 Judge Perez in Chalmette, 644-4992. Mimi'sBarAndGrill.com. Chef Ron's Gumbo Stop is a great little place on Causeway right by the interstate. With a neighborhood feel to it, you'll find some delicious gumbo here. Chicken andouille gumbo, seafood gumbo, and the house specialty mumbo gumbo, which is a combination of both great fried chicken, poor boys, and other local specialties. Ron says, I cook it like your mama would, and he does. 11 to 9 every day but Sunday and Monday, 2309 North Causeway, 835 2022. Night and day, you are the one. Oh, you read. <laughs> 556-9696. If you want to talk to us, Tom and Marianne Fitzmaurice here on The Food Show with Peyton Burrell, who has a beautiful website. Your website is really enticing. I want to drop everything and go pick up some of this food. Mm-hmm. To serve you. you know, I have... One of my uh, good friends from culinary school, his boyfriend, is Marcus, is an extremely talented artist. He did all the photography for the website, designed the website. We couldn't be happier with it. He really did a great job. It's gorgeous. It's really, it, it definitely accomplishes its goal, which is to make you want to go and uh, pick up the phone or, or order it online and, uh, and go pick it up for sure. How are things going? Things are going good. Um, you know, we over the last two months, I think since we initially exchanged emails, we've been going through trial runs, just kind of doing some menu testing, menu costing, getting our getting the teams worked out of our operation. So we've been live via the website for six days now. Things have been going mm. great, but you know we're ready to grow. We want to do. As many numbers as we can, sell as many meals as we can, uh, because I think, you know, this is this is a great thing for a lot of people. I think the pandemic was a really hard time for anybody who didn't cook. Fortunately yeah. for like me, my girlfriend, and my parents who we stayed with, just we didn't stay in New York during the the quarantine. Our small Brooklyn apartment was not not ideal for quarantining, so we got out. But we. We didn't struggle eating. We ate really well. I found myself going from cooking 10 to 11 hours a day to 30 minutes. You know, we had all the time in the world to do these, like, elegant meals. But I felt for people who went out to dinner four nights a week, you know, those people had to really struggle during this pandemic. So I think it's educational. For the most part, it's nutritional. We did do a duck confit dish two weeks ago that had almost nothing healthy in it. It was delicious. So, uh, <laughs> Sometimes you just but, need comfort, you know, you don't, you don't need healthy all the time, you know, absolutely. especially in these well, times. Know, so I do, I do have a, a vegetarian client that I cook for a couple of times a week. So we're now we're embracing the vegetarian lifestyle to have some more veggie forward offerings. But my background is mostly 
and French cuisine. So it's, it's very hard to get me away from the duck fat, you know? <laughs> well, actually duck fat is better than, you know, the, the fake oil. So, you know, I mean, uh, when you see duck fat fries, it's actually better than if it was cooked in canola oil. So I agree. anyway, I mean, I uh, this looks really, really good. Are you going to be changing things uh, a lot? Like, are, are you going to be expanding the menu and, and changing? Cause I mean, you have a number of really good things here, and then I'm hoping that you will change them out, huh? Absolutely. So every Monday through Wednesday, we do one one a la carte dish, uh, our prefix dish, three courses, and we do something different for the weekend offerings. We right now aren't doing the volume to necessarily justify doing right. a bunch of different dishes. So uh -huh. I mean, that's my dream in the future is to have a restaurant menu as mm -hmm. you know where we can we can do the volume to support that type of inventory but right now i think the key to our success is you know a nose to tail mentality of use everything waste nothing yeah. and shamelessly repeat ingredients for the sake of cost and quality um you know to me if I have a whole salmon, so you know we have the salmon and papio potato pave on right now, very classic, which I love. But we're selling salmon rillettes, yeah. potato soup. You know, we're if I buy fifty pounds of something and we only need twenty five for the finish your own meal, we're we're making something out of that. Yeah, to sell it. So oh, sure. I mean, forget really the pandemic. That should be the way it is all the time. You know, I mean, uh, I agree. Everyone, everyone should be striving for that all the time. So, if do you have a few minutes, do you want to talk? Well, we'll have one other question before I ask you about Noki. So, you're doing all the cooking, or who's cooking with you, or is this like a group operation? This is a a one man, one woman team. Is so it? My <laughs> lovely girlfriend Katie Grayback has been our pastry chef, bread baker, number cruncher. Okay. Uh, she's yeah. She's really been the backbone of everything. I just get to make the phone calls and cook cook a few dishes. Uh, okay. So it's it's the two of us right now. You know, we do uh, a good bit of private events. So I, uh -huh. from my time in culinary school, I have a great group of friends that I can call uh -huh. on at any time to come. So help when me you need them, in. they can come help you. Okay, that's good. Absolutely, and I think that was one of the biggest perks about Noki is I went to school with nineteen great cooks who are doing great things these days so you know I always it, it's a delicious food. delicious they are turning out fantastic food and and great assets uh to the city in all areas i don't know what what the status is now so i'm going to ask you that what is the status of noki now and where are all of those people did they land somewhere well I can say I just had the absolute honor to speak at the graduation for the Corona cohort, is what they're calling it, on mm -hmm. uh, Friday. That was so surreal for me to be back up on there. So they, I mean, they have students. The students were in school, I believe, for like the last month. Uh, they had to take a brief break and switch to uh, virtual learning. But they've been resilient. You know, they, I think they only lost a couple of the students during the pandemic. You know, mm -hmm. so the graduating class this year is full of solid candidates. Um, mm -hmm. You know, I'm really proud of them for sticking it out, and I, I hope they do great things. 
from from my so, class. So are they doing? Yeah. They're doing classes. They're still continuing to do classes, but a lot of it's virtual. Uh, so as of right now, to my knowledge, their plans are to proceed with the next class in the okay. classroom in the building. Uh -huh. Oh, because, good. You know, okay. That's the worst thing about cooking videos is you can't smell and you can't taste. <laughs> and those are the two most important things, you know. So I, I imagine cooking or teaching culinary arts through a computer might be even more challenging than what all, all of our other teachers are facing right now. I mean, smell, taste, putting your ear next to a pan. I mean, these things are imperative to cooking properly. And I don't know. I'm very fortunate to be in class with Allison for 100 days. I think that was imperative to get into me. Well, I'll tell you what. I'm, I'm just watching just with my eyes. And I'm absolutely transfixed by your website. So I'm practically so smelling much. it and tasting it just looking at it. So you can get pretty We're far so virtually, I think. <laughs> I hope so. I hope so. You know, that's, we wanted that website to really like lock I'm in telling you, you're I selling wish, it to me. You're selling it to I, me. It's, I wish I had a nice dining room to serve that food to you in, but, you know, <laughs> we, we're making the best of we the do what we can. situation right now. Absolutely. There you go. Okay, but real, real quick, uh, what is this thing that, okay, so you've got the chicken. If you can think of the pictures on your website, you've got the chicken, which is obvious, okay? And you've got the uh, the mushrooms, which look divine. And then there's this thing where someone is picking it up on a fork, and it looks like some beef thing with some, uh, there's the, the one where you're pouring on the tomatoes slab of, what is that? So, the, okay, so the, the thing that the tomatoes are sitting on is a giant piece of focaccia bread. Okay, um, okay. And that, okay. I think that might have been my favorite photo of the whole shoot that we did. It was just so simple. I don't know. Delicious. I'm looking at this one where the fork scoops up something with some obvious fresh herbs, and it looks like a beef bourguignon or something. Okay, that that one I believe is the duck confit and gnocchi. So oh that's, uh, man, that looks good. On a set from the first restaurant that I worked at, um, when I started working there, I took on the task of making the gnocchi and. About two weeks into taking on that task, I discovered what restaurant week was, and that note was on the menu for restaurant week, and they're like, well, this is a great way for you to master making note because you're going to make 800 of them a day for the next <laughs> six days. And so now that has been ingrained uh, into my culinary okay. career is I love note uh, We did okay. for our pop-up as a graduate at, at the note Culinary School, we had to do Noki's noki. So oh, I didn't. I wasn't sure if you. Okay, so you're saying yucky. Okay, all right. So um, thank you very much. We have to let you go because we have a hard break at the top of the hour. But I want to mention that you should go and look at this gorgeous website. It's gourmandneworleans.com. Is that right? Perfect. GourmandNewOrleans.com. Peyton Burrell, thank you so much for being with us. I wish you much luck with this. Uh, times are a changing, you know. So uh, absolutely. If ever there was a time for this, here it is. You know, we do this thing every week, or we did for a while, where we would have chefs on who would, we would want them to show us how to cook up our, uh, you know, kick up our culinary uh, skills in the home kitchen. But you know, this is cheating. But I'll do it. I'll do it. You know, well, I think pull it out of the refrigerator and heat it up and dazzle people. 
Absolutely. Anyway, thanks very much. Appreciate it. Thank you. All right, that was Peyton Burrell. He is with GurmanNewOrleans.com. You can order something and dazzle not only your friends, your spouse, but yourself with the fabulous food that you can order from them. All right, we'll be back with some more of the food show after these, not these messages, but the top of the hour news from Louisiana Radio Network. USA Radio News with Tim Berg. Opening the Senate on Tuesday, Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell of Kentucky says Democrats are hurting the most vulnerable people in the United States as the coronavirus outbreak continues. It does struggling families and laid off workers and stressed out school principals and health care professionals a disservice. The Senate is in session on Tuesday, but not the House. The Big Ten is the first Power Five conference to postpone its fall sports schedule, affecting all men and women's teams, including football. Congressman Anthony Gonzalez, former Ohio State and NFL receiver, says this is a bad idea. So my argument would be uh, that inside of that college football system, the support system is so incredible uh, that I believe that gives them the best chance of avoiding the virus, but right. also overcoming it should they contract. Gonzalez speaking there on Fox News, USA Radio News. Get healthy, not high, with 100% pure CBD, powerful natural pain relief from Veterans Vitality. GCN listeners, have you ever thought about how CBD may help you? I'm sure you have heard about the many benefits of CBD. Well, here's your opportunity to try before you buy. Created by veterans and for everyone who deserves better choices, our CBD is derived from organic hemp, grown in the USA, and third-party tested. Veterans Vitality CBD saves you as much as 25 to 50% over our competition, and a portion of all sales is contributed to veteran nonprofits and events. Many of our customers have experienced improved quality of life, help with anxiety, PTSD, and overall well-being. Our products do not contain THC. They are safe, non-addictive, effective, and 100% legal. GCN listeners, get your free trial bottle of premium CBD by simply paying shipping and handling at GCNFreeCBD.com. That's GCNFreeCBD.com. Again, GCNFreeCBD.com. Offered by Veterans Vitality Premium CBD. In Illinois, Cook County State Attorney Kim Fox is being criticized for not prosecuting other looters earlier this summer who were arrested during protests sparked by the death of George Floyd. Police Superintendent David Brown saying the looters are emboldened since there were no consequences, while Mayor Lightfoot said looters need to be held accountable and not cycled through the system. This has former Chicago cop Anthony Napolitano saying Fox needs to go. It's time to step up. I think Chicagoans woke up on Monday and drew a line in the sand and said you're either on the side of good or you're on the side of evil. And if the state's attorney can't do it, she's got to step down. Speculation about Joe Biden's running mate is getting hotter. The presumptive Democratic presidential nominee is expected to make that VP pick soon. In fact, Biden surrogate and Los Angeles Mayor Eric Garcetti telling Fox News that move could come within the next few hours. Garcetti also saying the news will be electrifying. You're listening to USA Radio News. Are you tired of high cable TV rates? Sign up for Dish today and get a $500 bonus offer while supplies last. Plus, lock in your price for two years guaranteed. Call All-American Dish, your Dish-authorized retailer now. 800-610-5739. 800-610-5739. That's 800-610-5739. Offers require credit qualification, 24-month commitment, early termination fee, and e-auto pay. Restrictions apply. Call for details. 
Facebook is rolling out a new policy that will prevent U.S. news publishers with direct, meaningful ties to political groups from claiming the news exemption within its political ads authorization process. Since the 2016 election, reporters and researchers have uncovered over 1,200 instances in which political groups used websites designed as local news outlets to push their point of view on Americans. Many of these sites leveraging social media advertising, such as Facebook and Twitter, to boost their content. And finally, for... Hey, this is William Wallace with William Wallace for America. You can hear me on Tuesday nights from 5 to 6 here in WGSO 990 AM, New Orleans, Louisiana. Any storms and showers diminishing tonight, moving up. Skies becoming partly cloudy early morning tomorrow. Again, a muggy kickoff to the day and another hot day follows. But a returning chance of scattered afternoon shower and thunderstorm activity. 70s to near 80 tomorrow afternoon around the lower to mid 90s. Heat and distance could get up to 100 to 105 or so. Rain chances coming back a little higher, taking the edge off the heat daily. Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, scattered storms and showers, partly cloudy at times, the lower 90s. Ralph Sanji, WGSO. CDC is working to help keep you and your community safe from the threat of a novel or new coronavirus. There are steps you can take now to get ready if an outbreak occurs in your community. Make a household plan. Older adults and people with chronic medical conditions are at greater risk. Take extra steps to protect them. Yes, indeed. It's the second chorus of the food show. Wait, did we did more than that? I... Nope. Anyway, Marianne is here, and I'm here, Tom Fitzmorris. And anybody else here that we might ought to in- influence? Not yet, but this? hopefully 5569696 is the number. Don, the gourmet neighbor, said, why are you talking about Elm- Elmwood Plantation? And the reason we were was that I just looked at it on the... Um, on the dining room table, which is where we do the show, and I saved it when it came into the house for use at some time, and um, it just caught my eye right before the show, and it's a live show, and I just start talking, and that's what I started talking with. We have plenty of other things to talk about. 5569696 is the number. Tom, today is National Green Onions Day. Yeah, and you know how many green onions there are out there. Thrilling. Actually, they're called Chabolita. In Mexican restaurants, right? When they grill them, they're called chabolita. And my dad used to call them shallots mistakenly. So um, uh, whenever I think of green onions, I think of... uh, In the grocery business. I think of... When when I was working at the Time Saver. What? Shallots? Shallots for us Actual shallots. Real... Oh, is that right? Because then other people had the same problem that my dad did, which was to incorrectly identify it as... Wait, no, it's not shallots. Wait, what's the... um, Wait, shallots or green onions? Green onions. It, what was? What's the one? Um, I don't know. I have to think about it. Uh, it's. I don't think it is. I don't think it's green onions. Well, this is coming from the time saver back in the 1920s. No, 30s. No, no. I'm, no, the I, shallot is the is the French onion. That was it. Is it shallot? <laughs> I'm serious. I have, to, I have to think I, about it for a second. I was working. I think we have a caller. Store. Let's see. Is Don on the on the line again? Who? No, no, no. Okay. All right. So today's National Green Onions Day. Green onions are miraculous, especially when you need a last little touch to a dish that needs a certain something. 
They don't work universally, but you sprinkle green onions almost as often as salt and pepper when on a savory dish. Green onions are nothing more than the leaves, sort of, of the juvenile versions of onions. They have a good taste, but not especially a strong one, certainly not as assertive as yellow onions or garlic. I think they have a pretty good taste. In their raw or near raw state, they have a pleasing sharpness accented with a peppery quality. Their magic lies as much in their fresh crunch as their flavor. They enliven the food they garnish without really altering its flavor. Crispness and vivid fresh flavor is what you want from green onions. The smaller, the better to taste. The green onion should never be put through a food processor. Oh gosh, can you imagine? But you must slice them as thinly as you can using a very sharp knife or kitchen shears immediately before adding them. The flavor and texture of green onions changes from top to bottom. The very top parts are tough but ruthless about, uh, but you have to be ruthless about disposing of them. You know what? By oh. contrast, you approach the white and the flavor sharpens dramatically. You know what I do with green onions? What? Okay, so you get down to the shallots thing. Green onions were once commonly called shallots around New Orleans, but that's dying out as you use more real shallots in the cooking. Scallions is what scallions. they are. Yes, scallions. All right, let's go to the phones. That's Chinese more than anything. Yeah. That's right. You can have scallion pancakes, I think. In Chinese use yeah. a lot of scallions in their pancakes. Do we have somebody on the phone? No? We do or don't? We do. Okay, Don's back. All right, that's what I thought. Let's go to Don. Don, welcome to the food show. Glad you're here. Don? Don you there? Don? Can you, Don? Can you hear me? Hello? I'm here. Now we can, I can yes. hear you perfectly now. <laughs> I don't know what was going on in between. But, what you know, can no I say? Deal. It's a technical nightmare. Go ahead. Maybe it's just not my day to call. I don't know. Who, who I don't that? know. So, no, I am definitely not young enough to have gone to my prom at Bella Luna, although I wished mm -hmm. I was young enough to say that. Uh, the yeah. restaurant before Bella Luna was Tony Moran's Riverside. Oh, okay. Ooh, okay, so now we're putting the puzzles together because Tom was talking about like his big network, but I forgot about that. Yes. Yeah, Tony, and that was at the time, I mean, that was probably 1984, 1985. It was, a, it was a beautiful restaurant with a beautiful view, and I was the guy who planned everything. So I went to Holy Cross. Mm, of course. Whatever, whatever Don was doing, all right, we're, we're coming. So we'd have, you know, I don't know, I'd bring 20 couples. I mean, so back <laughs> then. You're the still doing was, that. He's still I'm doing still that. Doing it. So before people were doing it, I was getting these places to put together custom menus. So, you know, now today you see when you go to restaurants, yeah. they, they're catering their park. Well, I was doing that before it was cool. Mm -hmm. So we would have, you know, like three choices and it would be prefix. Um, and I made everyone pay in advance because remember, we mm. couldn't drink. So it included, you know, tea or a guess of soda. And I collected all the money and the tips in advance. So uh, that's uh -huh. my little prom story. Not as exciting uh -huh. as Tom's. Not as exciting Did you keep a brokerage fee for yourself? Absolutely not. <laughs> Who would want to? I did not do that. All right. Don is still doing that. He cooks for his neighbors. He goes out with his neighbors. Did you Have you heard of that thing that we just did, the Gurman uh, New Orleans? No, but I can't wait to look it up. I think it's an I awesome know. idea. I especially I like it because I am so busy now, but I still want to cook 
Yeah. You know what I mean? So it can yeah. be the best of both worlds. So I'm going to yeah. definitely go on and check it out and order a few things from over there. Definitely. The prices are right in line with what you would get at a restaurant. The only difference mm -hmm. is you have to heat it up yourself, which I think is a great idea. I think it's yeah, going to be I, really I like exciting. It. Yeah. And I mean, he's, li he's literally right around the corner. So I know. So I know. And I'm sure you'll be there soon. Yep, yeah, probably today. No, not today. <laughs> well, when you look, I tell you what, when you look at that website and you just get transfixed by the pictures, I'm sure you will be there. Okay. So anyway, all right. So Good stuff as always, Don. It was, so Saba is doing something. Mm. Really oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Right okay. Yeah. So they're not doing culinary. So what they're doing is they have a prefix meal and it is either 50 or $70 a person depending upon the protein that you order. So obviously, if you order the Wagyu, the Wagyu beef, that's going to be the $70. If you order something vegetarian, that's going to be the 50 But it is a huge selection. I mean, when you look at this menu, and it's like, okay, pick three of these, pick two of these. It, when the food hits the table, it's like, wow, this is a lot of food. Uh -huh. And yeah. everything from those, I, I call those little... Um, the pitas, the pillows from heaven, they are so good, <laughs> and they're so evil. And, you know, once you start eating them, it's hard to stop eating those. And uh, Don, I had such great. faith in you to lose so much weight on your keto. Oh, you seem so committed to it, and now you've blown yeah. it all to hell with your pillows of heaven. Absolutely. It, it went straight to hell. I mean... <laughs> I can't even focus on that right now. Everything is just between work and between this craziness, and I just uh -huh. with it. You're right. I gave up. I just don't care. Well, it's too bad that you don't have time to write everything down in a diary like Michael 75, because we need to get somebody else to do that diet he was talking about, where it's not a diet at all. All you do is make yourself aware of what you're eating by writing every single thing you put into your mouth down on a list. And he said, nothing changes except somehow or another magically just being aware of it makes you change. Well, I think maybe that worked for Michael 75, but I, if, if that was true, we'd, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> uh, I don't know about that. Well, I, you don't I, have I'm time very, to write everything you're eating down. I mean, I'm very aware of what I'm eating. And you laughed at me with that club sandwich at Lucy's. So Friday, Friday yes. night, I have been working since 6 o'clock in the morning. I said, look, we just need to go get something. I don't want to get in a car. I don't want to drive. Where can we go? And I, I wasn't dressed. So we said, let's, let's just go to Lucy's. Marianne, it is one of the best club sandwiches in the city. Okay. The bread, okay. The bread, is, the bread is awesome. They do a, a smear of avocado. Uh-huh. Like, like, I guess using it like as a mayo. It right. Is, well, it is like a mayo. Right. Yeah, it is. And it's great. And uh, the fries are frozen. But let me tell you, they don't taste like they're frozen. There's some very good okay. frozen fries. Good all right. Well, you know, there's a wide spectrum of frozen fries out there. So. Yeah, yeah. But it was all good stuff. And where else do we eat? I missed one. I don't know where I was. I missed one. Oh, I do know where we went. Bistro. Uh, but no, not be Boulevard Bistro. And we went to the I, new one out out by Elmwood. <laughs> Have you? Why are you laughing at this? I'm laughing because you made fun of me for loving on Boulevard. On my no, last no. trip, we, Tom and I went. We, we were originally going down to Restaurant Day for me, and it was pouring. And then we wound up at Boulevard. 
And then I was saying how much I really enjoyed it. And then you laughed at me for no. that. And then here you are going back and posting about it. I don't think I did that. You must have. No, because we got because we, we went back and forth about the uh, cream spinach because you think it's absurd that it serves with salsa and sour cream. And I defended it. Remember? Okay, well, I know you did that, but but then you said it's you know it's just a really ordinary restaurant, which it kind of is, except you can have a really good meal there. But what, but what really made me go back is because Houston's here stopped doing the flying chicken uh, club salad. Well, Boulevard has that on their menu now, and it lives up to every bit of what that Houston's flying chicken salad used to be. Really? Because I very good. Really? Because I love I love Boulevard, but I love it in its own way. I, I think if you put it beside Houston's, it's always going to come up short, but I still oh, well. like it. I do too, but the chicken, I'm telling you, the flying chicken really? sandwich was, uh, was okay. very, uh, salad, okay. salad, not sandwich. It was great, and it's a, it's a beautiful space right. out in Elmwood. Okay. It really is We're very, gonna, very nice. Okay. We're going to check it out. Pop it in I do it. like it. I like it, and I, I'll definitely go back. And I'm glad to hear that you have a car. It sounds to me sometimes like you don't even have a car anymore. Oh, I have. You just say a car? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I have two. I have two automobiles, but I don't. Okay. I, I mean, but they stay in the, the they stay in the in the parking lot all the time because it sounds to me oh. like you you single handedly are keeping Uber afloat. Well, I mean, if I'm if I'm getting if I'm going to dinner, I, I'm absolutely going to drink, so I'm never going to drive. I see. Okay. Okay. I'm never right. gonna, even if I have one glass of wine, I'm not driving. So okay. That's just All me. Right. Okie dokie. All right, guys. Take care. Well, thank you for calling. A wonderful addition to the show, as always. I wish I could give you your theme song, but you have heartily rejected it. Okay. Fair. <laughs> Take care. Thank you. See, see you down the road. That was Don, we, the gourmet neighbor, and we are going uh, to take a break now and be right back after these messages. Thank you. I've loved the Maple Street Cafe from the first time I walked into the place. Jamil Kutob turns out well-executed dishes that hint of the Mediterranean, but with a real New Orleans spirit. The grilled fish here is particularly excellent, but I have never had anything I didn't love. Call 314-9003 for their daily specials, which are exceptionally good and an exceptional value. Maple Street Cafe, 7623 Maple Street, Uptown. If you haven't been to the Brick Oven Cafe in Kenner, you're overdue. This is not northern Italian gourmet food. It's a basic, soul-satisfying pasta with red sauce and cheese bubbling over. New York-style pizza with a perfect crust and the toppings you love. It has a fresh update and a new wine list with some exciting wines. Go have a heartwarming Italian meal with a delicious red wine. You deserve it. The Brick Oven Cafe, Williams Boulevard at Veterans Highway, 466-2097. Bistro Orleans, it's back with its familiar classic New Orleans cuisine in a casual setting serving only Louisiana oysters and always wild-caught Des Almonds catfish. And the seafood boat, Carnival Time Lounge, has happy hour Wednesday through Friday. Bistro Orleans is open daily for lunch at 11, dinner Wednesday through Sunday. Bistro Orleans, 3216 West Esplanade in Metairie, 304-1469. When you're awake, the things you think come from the dreams you dream. Thought has wings and lots of things are seldom what they seem. 
Yes, indeed. This is The Food Show, 32 years running now. Marianne Fitzmorris here, Tom Fitzmorris here, not necessarily in that order, of course. And uh, <clears throat> we are talking about food. And we'd love you to do that with us because that's what we do. And that's what Tom has been doing for 32 years. We have a guest coming up at the bottom of the hour whose name I cannot pronounce. And we're going to have her do that for us. And uh, this is one of the kitchen queens, which we have had really great luck with. Um, Channel 12 has a series called Kitchen Queens of New Orleans that airs every Saturday, and we have been uh, talking it up every week. And each one of these weeks, the guest has improved on the last one, which I loved, and then it gets better and better. So this one has a very high bar because I really, really, really loved the ones from last week. But we will be talking to them. Her name is Amaris, I think. And um, I mean, I don't know really how to say it. But anyway, she is going to be uh, talking to us at the bottom of the hour. So if you have something that you want to tell us, give us a call. 556-9696. Do we have anybody on, on hold right now, Adam? Okay. So then we can say the edible dictionary word, Tom. The edible dictionary word of the day today is subis. Do you remember what subis is? Uh, no. It's an onion-flavored sauce from classic French cookery named for the gourmet Charles de Rohan, the prince of subis in France from the 1700s. It has become uncommon. The last time you saw it, it was served with a poached egg dish at Commander's at brunch. It's made by cooking sliced onions slowly in butter for just under an hour. Wow. Adding bechamel, straining the mixture, then enriching it with heavy cream. It could be ripe for a revival with the likes of pane veal or a fish. Or maybe it will just become extinct. Why would something that sounds so divine become extinct? That sounds good. I would like to try that myself. Seems like a bad grill for somebody. Subis. Your old kitchen says, don't ever drop shallots in a food processor. Cut them into tiny dice with a sharp knife. Um, I like shallots, and I like to do certain things with shallots that I find, um, let's call it sustainable. When I get shallots, I mm -hmm. uh, and the scallions is the word I was looking for. Scallions is the French onion, and it's really good. And it's become, <laughs> I joke about my own gourmet elevation in COVID here. I've stopped using yellow onions, and I have, uh, I've switched to uh, scallions instead. I don't really think it makes an enormous difference, but anyway, it makes me feel better about my gourmet status. But shallots are are scallions. No, not scallions. Mm -hmm. No. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I keep getting it confused. Anyway, um, all right, shallots. Shallots are the ones from France, right? And from, from and scallions uh, China too. are the ones. And scallions are the ones that we're, we're talking about. Is that right? Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah, they're very popular. Okay, shallots are French. Scallions are, are what we're talking about, the little green onions. Okay, so when I cut green onions for my famous hash browns, 
I usually leave the white bulb at the end and I leave about a quarter of an inch of it and the root. And then I go outside and I stuff it into some soil and I have a permanent crop of scallions. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm really sounding like a dodo here. I can't seem to get those yeah. two things straight. But anyway, yeah. that is, that's whenever I need to make my hash browns, that's what I do with the green hash onions. Browns. Green so onions is so much safe, uh, I'm just gonna you, call it you green. You haven't uh, laid that on us uh, in a while. I know, I should do some hash well, browns. Let's hear it. Well, the problem is, oh, you mean the recipe for hash browns? Yeah, why Okay, not? since it is green onion day, that would make a lot of Perfect. sense to give the, yeah. the recipe for my famous hash browns. So mm -hmm. I've been a hash brown fanatic for a very long time. And so I always got these frozen hash browns at any breakfast place and thought there's got to be something better than this. And so I experimented for a long time and found that the best way to make hash browns, because if you try to use raw potatoes and shred them, they're not going to be cooked they just enough. Tighten up they're not, well, they, they're not going to be cooked they, enough because you need to actually yeah, cook potatoes useless. for a long time. So what I did was one day, instead of taking baked potatoes out at the proper time, I did take some out at the proper time, but I took some out just about five minutes or 10 minutes before the proper time. You should be able to get the potato right at doneness, but not let it go even a second longer. And it can even be just a little bit underdone. But you put that in the refrigerator and let it chill overnight. And then the next day you throw a whole mess of butter on a griddle, preferably cast iron, and you take green onions and make them black. And then you shred the potatoes, just grate them right onto the surface. And just, it, it goes with my cooking style, which is to turn something on and walk away. And then it becomes really crisp. And then you flip it over, add more butter, salt and pepper, and voila, the best hash browns you'll ever have. If I do say so myself, but I'm not the only one who says that. Let's go to the <laughs> caller, who is? Ron, oh, the Ron the Gourmet Waiter. waiter. Here. Let's uh, see whether that's... Uh... It is Ron the Gourmet Waiter. Hello. We'll find out. Hey, good afternoon. How are you all doing? And I especially like Tom's intro yesterday, the way he said it. He said, Ron the Gourmet Waiter. Oh, okay. Well. How are you all well, doing? How are you doing, Tom? <laughs> We're doing I don't think well, you're going to get that level of energy lovely, today. Lovely day all day uh, over here. It started off looking like it was going to be pouring down, but it isn't. It's yep, just, here uh, it is. It's sunny. Sparkling. Uh, Nice All right, day. Ron, you have only two minutes. Can you do it? Uh, of course I can. I'm making uh, white sangria tonight. I just bought three bottles of wine. I have some apple juice, some orange sangria. juice, some lemons, and some limes. I've got company coming over. I've got a couple of friends coming over. I'm cooking. I'm stuffing some pork chops with blue cheese oh. and uh, spinach. That sounds mm, good. That's a busy uh, couple of 15 minutes. That sounds very good. I've never that's thought easy. of pork chops and blue cheese together. Oh, when you uh, stuff and it. And you'll never phenomenal. think about it again either. What? <clears throat> what? Well, I, I think I, I it's said it's, that anything that you can do with chicken, you can do with pork. So that makes sense. Uh, the other thing well, I, I like to do with time. a pork chop is I like to make a bechamel sauce. Uh, I use some no, butter, some vodka, or some wine. 
little bit of flour, some heavy cream, and I put Dijon mustard in there, and you just get the slightest. It's a bechamel mustard sauce, basically. And, boy, you talk about go well with those uh, those pork chops, but you got to bread those and do those on the uh, stovetop, and then I finish them off in the oven. I know we're just about out of time. I know you're on a break. Everybody, uh, y'all have a great afternoon. So you, so you, wait, 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 before you go, so you bread the pork chops? Yes. I stuff it and then I bread it and I pan sear it to get it gold and I take that pan and I slap it in the oven for a few minutes on 350 to finish it off. And then now, Ron, I, I think out, of you I, as I more of a gourmet than to bread a pork chop because to me when you start to bread a pork chop, it takes it down a notch. I think of pork chops as the kind of pork chops that your mama used to fry. And then there's pork chops that started getting grilled with gourmet sauces, which kicked up pork chops way up the scale. I don't it seems mean to me I, like they don't go together. I don't mean I beg, to talk I beg to anybody down. This is down the finest this. pork chop I've ever had in my life. It's not even close. <laughs> okay. We get along nice. All right, I trust you. All right. <laughs> I'm going to send you a I trust you. Have a great night. All right. Take care. Bye-bye. Thanks. What, Tom? Uh, I, I think something went out into the into, into the, the abyss. Yes. Or something like that. Okay. And uh, and there we are. But it was a nice conversation. Until yeah, that as point. always. Yeah. Anyway, um, I don't know. I just, I guess it's like a little, um, it's a, <clears throat> I don't know. It's a, it's a shame that I ascribe to, pork chops that are breaded because they're usually, you know, the pork chops were in, in my day, you would bread pork chops that were sort of half an inch thick. And when I see pork chops like that, they usually come in like a big pack of a bunch of pork chops. That's the kind of pork chops I'm used to growing up the way I did. I think you and, and I, and a couple of other people, uh, had pork chops, We've had uh, a lot of pork chops. Uh, about, uh, <laughs> We've had several like in succession. Yeah. Three uh, wait, days ago. Well, there anyway, was there was one on Friday night at the Pelican Mr. Club, and then Mr. B's. Mr. B's. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's the most. I, I, uh -oh. I, I, I looking uh -oh. for the words for this. It's, uh oh. It's, you got thirty seconds to find them. <laughs> it, 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 it almost seemed like it was uh, hypnotic. The Mr. B's pork chop is moving up the line to the same plateau that the Jordan River steamer is on, where Tom is talking about something he's had. All right, we have to take a hard break here at the bottom of the hour. It is time for Louisiana Radio Network News right now. Louisiana Radio Network News, I'm Kevin Barnhart. The Big Ten officially announces conference schools will not be playing football this fall due to the coronavirus with hopes of playing in the spring. Big Ten becomes the first Power Five conference to decide not to play this fall. The move affects all fall sports, including cross country, field hockey, soccer, and volleyball. A line of prominent college football players, coaches, and administrators are backing the hashtag WeWantToPlay campaign against canceling the fall season. Matt Doyle has the story. Clemson star quarterback Trevor Lawrence started the publicity blitz and was quickly joined by figures like Bama coach Nick Saban. Tiger Rag editor Ron Higgins says the star-studded list of supporters could sway a few conferences. They're the people that are most at risk. They're the ones that are willing to take the risk. Joe Burrow tweeted that had the pandemic hit a year ago, he may have been looking for a job right now. Higgins says that that's a common sentiment. For many of them, this is their only way to advance in life out of some of the situations they come out of. I'm Matt Doyle. 
LouisianaRadioNetwork.com. Are you a Louisiana small business? State Treasurer John Schroeder here. I believe small business is the backbone of Louisiana's economy. If you're struggling to stay afloat during this pandemic, the Louisiana Department of Treasury is here to help. With the Main Street Recovery Grant Program, you are not alone, and you can apply for this grant for your business today. You support our workforce, Louisiana, and we support you. The Louisiana Main Street Recovery Grant Program. Support when you need it. Apply now at LouisianaMainStreet.com. I'm pooped. I sure hope this was worth the long flight. Wild cherries from the Bayou State? Oh, yes, Sal. It's worth it. Let's go get them. Sal, we're crows. We can't just fly up to the counter like two average Joes. Here, put this mask on and just follow my lead. Wild cherry paradise is right inside. Get on the wild side with Wild Cherry Doubler. Win up to $4,000. And pick up Wild Cherry Tripler, where you can win up to $12,000. Play the wild cherry games from the lottery. Must be at least 21 to purchase. You make me feel young. That's it. We got to get it together in the five words. You make me feel so young. Is that five words? Yeah. Okay. We're back with the food show. Five, five, six, nine, six, nine, six. If you would like to talk to our guest who is here now to talk about the kitchen Queens of Newark, hmm. the channel 12 series, it airs again on Saturday. We have Amaris Herndon with us. Hmm. You know, Amaris, every time I look at that, my my name is Mary Ann, and my daughter's name is Mary Lee, and Tom has always called us the Marys. So every time I look at your name, I think of the Marys, but it's Amaris, correct? Yes. Yes, it's Amaris. Amaris. And tell us a little bit about yourself and how you came to be in the Kitchen Queens. Um, well, I am um, one of the chef owners of uh, Palm and Pine Restaurant on Rampart Street in the Quarter. We opened a little over a year ago. And, um, and have had nothing but disastrous luck. Oh, my goodness. I, I, am, <laughs> yeah, it's been, it's been I feel sure. my heart weeps for you. Go ahead. What? Um, yeah, I mean, can you hear me? Yes, yes. First the, first the collapse of the building. Now COVID, I mean, happens. my goodness. I'm yeah, glad you're doing um, the show. Yeah, it's it's been um, it's been a lot and it's <laughs> been intense, but hopefully, um, you know, what we keep telling each other is that you know we've had to overcome some pretty severe obstacles in our first year, and hopefully that's just made us tougher and um, more resilient, and you know that we plan to be here for a long time. <laughs> Good. Well, you've gotten a lot of great reviews and a lot of people really, really like the restaurant. Can you tell us a little bit about the restaurant itself? Sure. Um, so we say um, that our cuisine um, represents the South and South of that. Um, we both moved to New Orleans, my husband um, and partner Jordan and I, um, when we were young and for culinary school. And so we're, we're both from Texas and kind of taking an, um, an, a transplant outsider's view of really studying the cuisine of New Orleans. Um, we fell in love with it, but also realized all the, um, all the influences, obviously, on the food. Um, and we both had experience working in restaurants that did global cuisine. I worked at Bayona for a long time, and he worked at Ralph's in the Park, and it's really fun to get to explore a lot of different cuisines, um, but we wanted to kind of focus um, our, our restaurant on a more regional, um, 
focus but still have influence from the cuisines that we really love and grew up with and also saw really influencing the city here around the time we moved here um, in When did you move here? We moved here in um, 2007. So um, we're, we're from, we're from Texas. um, And we moved into mid city where there was um, a lot of Honduran population. And um, that felt really like home to us. Um, And so that was like our little slice of New Orleans that we became pretty Uh attached to and felt felt at home in quickly. Um, Yeah, so we do a lot of um, southern cuisine. And then um, south of that, um, Mexican cuisine, the Caribbean, Central America. Um, so we, um, and we serve a lot of mezcal and rum and other king spirits at our bar program. So that's a little, a little glimpse into what, what our um, restaurant is like. Um, we also came from being a pop-up restaurant while we were sous chefs at other restaurants. So, um, you know, learning. So you learning both, you we went go. to culinary here in New Orleans? Yes, uh, we both attended Delgado. Uh-huh, okay. And so, yeah. and so this was a natural evolution then to, to stay here and do that. So tell us about your Kitchen Queens uh, segment. What are you serving? So um, the episode on Saturday is um, the, the drunk shrimp. Um, so the shrimp is in a mezcal and chili butter sauce. Um, and the sauce is built in the same way as like a barbecue shrimp sauce is built in the pan, but obviously with different flavors. So it starts out with mezcal and garlic, um, and then a chili compound bowl, uh, butter, um, and shrimp stock gets folded into that to make a, a bound butter sauce in the pan. Um, and then it's served with, um, what we call the late summer succotash, um, hominy, corn, um, okra. And, that um, sounds delicious. Tomato, really delicious. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, how are things going for you now? Has uh, have have I mean, obviously, you know, everybody is suffering in a in the same sort of way that you know Katrina was an equal destroyer. This is also pretty much the same thing. Are you are you surviving with takeout, or what's what's your plan right now? Yeah. So we. Um, when the shutdown happened, we immediately switched to takeout. Um, we changed our hours really abruptly um, and dramatically. We were a dinner and late night restaurant um, and have been doing brunch on Sundays for a few months. And we switched to being open from 11 a.m. to 9 p.m. So we just jumped right in to lunch mm-hmm. and offered mm-hmm. lunch as takeout. Um, and we felt like that the needs of the community were changing rapidly that, um, you know, having, having an affordable option as well as, um, some of those restaurant dishes that you were missing, um, to kind of round out a menu was really important. So serving some of the things that were our staples in the restaurant that people would fall in love with, that they would miss by not being able to dine in, but also making sure that we had some like $10 plates that included a side and a drink and were really filling um, so that, you know, everyone's on a little bit more of a budget right now and you can kind of hit all those, all those needs and desires. Um, mm-hmm. So we were doing lunch, um, lunch and dinner takeout. And then um, we did not reopen for dine-in until uh, phase two. And we've been doing that and still continue to do takeout and recently um, started doing 
delivery with delivery NOLA. And so we're just trying to work all the different options and angles. Just trying so to do it like everybody else, them. yeah. Yeah, so everybody can get some palm and pine in whatever way they feel safe and comfortable. Yeah. Uh-huh, yeah. You know, it's like I, I asked you the question because I, I have been intrigued by everyone's response to the situation and everyone has their own unique response that was carefully crafted to fit both the needs of their customers and their own needs and it's just really fascinating to hear how everyone has adapted and you know there i'm i'm just so impressed with the resilience of everyone and how they have like I said, adapted to this situation, and uh, some of them have thrived, you know? So, uh, you know, a lot of times you, in a crisis, you find that you have something else to offer when you dig deeper into your quiver, you know? So I'm just kind of curious to see what your personal story was on that. Yeah, I mean, I think that as restaurant people in general, particularly as a chef, creativity is um, such an important part of what we do and what motivates us and keeps us going so being creative in how we present our food to the public how we take care of ourselves how we take care of our team it really has kept us inspired and going by having to adapt and be creative instead of feeling like out of control and that you just have to roll you know roll with the punches instead instead we say we're bobbing and weaving you know we're we're finding new new ways what are some of the things that are now on your menu that have come out as a result of the situation and um, things that you are going to probably keep that, you know, like I said, when you dug a little deeper, sure. you said, well, you know what, this is probably going to work really well and we'll just hang on to this. I would say the two main things, um, one is that plate lunch special, which a few things have become staples pretty quickly. The fried shrimp po'boy has come back sauce. Um, we did a fried crawfish banh mi that was an interpretation of our crawfish boil. So we would we would do our, our crawfish boil on Friday, and then we would boil extra tails, peel those and fry them, and put our sweet Vietnamese sausage and the crawfish boil vegetables and herbs on the banh mi. Um, that'll definitely come back next crawfish season. That was really fun and delicious. And then the other... The other thing that I think a lot of places have done as well is we've created a palm and pine pantry menu where some of the things that people would always be like, man, if I could just just bottle this up and take it home, I'd love to. Um, and we're doing really well with like pints of ice cream, pints of our pimento cheese, some of our jams and sauces. And that's, that's something I think we kind of had in mind. Um, you know, at some point down the line, it'd be really cool to get to sell some of our sauces and stuff. And that kind of kick-started um, that and I don't see that going anywhere for us. I think we've really enjoyed that, and that will that will continue on. You know, I think that's I think future. that's a really good development. You're not the only one that has done that, and I think that it's it really. We just had um, another guest <clears throat> about an hour ago, and he is he, his whole business model revolves around you going to the website and ordering. Uh, a delicious gourmet meal that you then take the parts of and assemble it yourself. And I think that, I, I know speaking for us, you know, we have really started eating at home a lot more because of this, but 
but then you find that your repertoire is kind of limited and then you would like to get much more gourmet and it's so much easier to just take that sauce (laughs) the restaurant has prepared and make your dish gourmet you know i think that that's i think that's actually a great development of all of this across the board you know it's exciting anyway we're going to take a break if you can stay with us a few more minutes we'd like to wind it up and and talk a little bit more about the show also okay we'll be back with amaris 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 herndon The New Orleans Ice Cream Company offers a true taste of New Orleans in every bite. This is ultra-premium ice cream whose flavors are inspired by everything we love to eat in New Orleans. Twelve specialty flavors like Café au lait and beignets, Bananas Foster, Creole Cream Cheese, Punchatula Strawberry, Coffee and Chicory, and Chocolate City. Remember that? Don't miss the po'boy ice cream sandwich, New Orleans Ice Cream, at stores all around town. See all our products at NewOrleansIceCream.com. I remember the day when Someone at the radio station brought me a bottle of Cousin's salad dressing. It was made by a young couple in small batches, and it was delicious. I was proud to have them sponsor my show just as I am now, but the line has expanded since then to include an olive oil, an herb vinaigrette, fresh salsa, and blue cheese, as well as an original Creole tomato, a delicious dressing that also makes a great quick dip. Cousin's salad dressings in the produce section at your favorite store, CousinsProducts.com. The Crescent City Steakhouse has been a favorite since the first time I discovered it on Mardi Gras Day. This old-fashioned steakhouse hasn't changed much since it opened in 1934. I love the steaks. Here is prime beef dry-aged in-house, a great T-bone or porterhouse steak. The Vojkovic family has welcomed generations of locals to this special place, and they'd love to welcome you. Crescent City Steakhouse, 1001 North Broad, 821-3271. I get misty just holding your hand. Yes, indeed. 556-9696 if you would like to ask our guest, Amaris Herndon, some questions. She is from Palm and Pine, which is a new restaurant uh, over on the edge of the French Quarter, and um, it's been a, it's been on a list to get to. We I'm, I'm sure she probably remembers the time we were supposed to go, but never did make it. The uh, the building had just collapsed like a week or two before that, and it was um, it was a little bit intimidating. But we have not been back, and would love to go back because it looked like a great menu and a great evening, and I hope it was for everyone that was there. So when your your hours now are what at the restaurant? Because I think people would maybe like to come and have some of those plate lunches. Sure. Um, so we're open Thursday through Monday. Um, we have takeout from 11 a.m. to 9 p.m. Um, we do close between services inside the restaurant to sanitize. So we're open for lunch from 11 to 3 and dinner from 5 to 9. We also have a happy hour from 5 to 6.30. Tell us a little and bit about the happy hour. I'm really big on happy well. hours. Pardon me? Sure. What? Wait, what did you um, say? So, As well? Sure. Go ahead. So, a ha- um, yeah, happy hour um, is every day that we're open from 5 to 6.30. And we're offering a couple dishes that aren't on um, on the menu during that. Um, our pimento cheese that we sell on the pantry menu, um, we're doing our preservation plate um, with pickles, pimento cheese, crostini, and tortilla chips, and some sausage from Emmy Lou's Barbecue that we really love and reminds us of Texas back home, a jalapeno cheddar sausage. Um, and then 
um, a couple other things that just kind of rotate that you won't you can only get during those hours um, and same thing for the bar the drinks that are on the happy hour menu are only available during that time our full menu is still available so you can kind of have it all but it's nice to have um, some things that are super affordable but also not available all the time during that hour and a half of happy hour okay so you you're both from Texas you said where are you from in Texas um, so my family's in New Braunfels, Texas, which is a little German town in the hill country. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then my partner, Jordan, is from Houston. Okay. So, so you're close. I mean, so there's actually, you know, a lot of familiarity, I would think, with the New Orleans cuisine from your time in Texas as well. I mean, that's... That New Braunfels, New Braunfels is sort of moving toward West Texas, but you know Houston is definitely still within the sphere of, of New Orleans. So I'm sure you I'm sure definitely. you made trips down here when you were kids, probably. Yeah. Huh? <laughs> yeah. Um, All right. So you you mentioned Jordan, a sausage. Did you say Emmylou yeah. sausage? Yeah, um, Emmylou's uh, barbecue in the Saint Rock uh, Market. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, I didn't I didn't catch that. Okay. All right. Well, thank you so much for, for joining us. It, uh, it is a place that we have to get to and, and really have to move it higher on our list. We haven't, you know, we've been sort of staying close to home because everybody is staying a little more close to home now. But, uh, you know, it's been a long time. It's time to get out more. And we definitely want to come and see you all. So, and it sounds delicious what you're doing. And I, I'm excited for you. Good luck with everything. Thank you. Take care. All right. Thank you very much. That was Amaris Herndon. She is um, one of the proprietors of Palm and Pine, which is oh yeah, heard yeah. Of them, but uh, well, who I mean, it's, it was it was a really promising new restaurant when that building went down, like not long after they opened, and then it became really difficult to get there. And then after that there's this you know and it's it's everybody that's been there loves it they love the food it sounds like it's great and it's uh you know it's it's time for us to get on over there because uh it, it sounds like they're doing really really cool stuff and i like the way it sounds like they're bringing a lot of energy and um fusion to this cuisine that they actually do know a lot about because they are, you know, not far from here. Anyway, five five six nine six nine six is the number if you would like to talk to us. We just have a few more minutes here, and uh, and we'd love to talk to you. Great. Today, Tom, in seventeen forty two, Benjamin Franklin introduced what became known as the Franklin stove. It wasn't really a but an improvement on the open fireplace, which used far more, it was used far Heavier, more efficiently. And did everything quicker. What, the Franklin stove? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. They carried a lot of weight, and it, so uh, it radiates the heat. Yes, right. The, yeah. and, uh, and it was it's a not a pot-bellied stove, is it? Was it a pot-bellied no, stove? No, I wouldn't call it that. Okay. Maybe somebody else might, but not me. It's the forerunner of what, like a modern range? Uh, yeah, kind of. And mm -hmm. uh, to tell you the truth, they, you can get a special um, kind of surprise if you uh, have one of those. Uh, 
be tough to get it fixed, I would yeah, yeah. They, There's something that comes to it because it's so effective and it's such uh, uh, so careful in terms of uh, heat, heat uh -huh. and also uh, the, the heat that you should have called, uh, put in, but you didn't. So it's a safer thing and radiates heat yeah. better. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Something All like right. that. So the original had smoke problems, and then they were resolved by other inventors, and the Franklin stove was in wide use by the turn of the century. Franklin intentionally did not patent the invention, wanting it to go immediately into the public domain. <laughs> he did that on almost everything he worked on. Well, you know, he was Benjamin Franklin, so, yeah. you know, I mean, he, um, you could say that he made a, a uh, gigantic mark on the public good. You know, pretty gigantic footprint there. Anyway, it's uh, Robert Bruce, Tom, is in your almanac today. Oh? Robert Bruce, who has... What did he do? Robert Bruce, well, he's the grandson of um, the Maylies. Oh. Yeah, but he's there. Be I think the last time I ran into Robert Bruce, because he has definitely been around. He has. Definitely been around. He's a, a, quite a chef. He is a good chef. Yeah, he's a really and good he, chef. Uh, he has made his moves all over the place. Yeah. And uh, last time I years. saw him, he was at Desi Vega Steakhouse in Metairie. Really? Yeah. That's the last place I saw him. And I think he's still there. I uh, think he's still there. And uh, while uh, the, the, there's a steakhouse in there. Uh, Smith and Walensky, he was Smith there. Smith and Walensky. And, Wasn't and he the chef he the, was. the whole time? He was the chef the whole time they were here, yeah. which was brief. So, uh, it's like six years or owned something. His, owned his own uh, project there. But he's 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 been the chef at a lot of places. We've run into him at a lot of places. Mm -hmm. After Maley's closed, he wound up on the West Bank at that. That I never heard about. Tell me that. Yeah, speaking of palm and pine, there was a place called the Palms across the, Palms. the river. Did you say we had a caller? Oh, I remember those. What were the? Steve. <laughs> Let's go to Steve. Hello, Steve. Hey, you. How you doing? We're hanging in there. Right. How about you? I'm doing good. Um, I just wanted to tell you that the Franklin stove was not used for cooking. Oh? It was used for heating the, the place. Okay. When well. my wife and I lived out at her family's place up around Shreveport, we had a fireplace that was probably four foot wide, maybe five foot wide, and three feet tall and the first we moved we lived out there like starting in september and the next door neighbor was over there one day and he said y'all are gonna heat this place with a fireplace and we said yeah and he says you better get yourself about 20 cords of wood with that big a fireplace and mm. we lasted that's too much and he goes get a stove we got what was called a buck stove which is real similar to the franklin stove and it's just an incredibly efficient way to heat up a pretty good-sized place. And uh, that's what the Franklin stove was. How is that different from a pot-bellied stove? Is a pot-bellied stove something you cook on? No. No, oh. a pot-bellied <laughs> stove is real similar to the Franklin stove. Okay, the, so it's a thing for heating the room. Okay. Yeah, the the difference between the Franklin and the Buck, as opposed to the Potbelly, I'm pretty sure. I've never used a Potbelly, but there, it's like a, an iron box inside of an iron box with maybe an inch 
of airspace around the inner box mm-hmm. and the outer box in between them, mm-hmm. that that air heats up when you build the fire in there, and you can then you can let air in from the bottom, but more air in from the bottom that will go out of the top. And once again, you can control how much air is going out of the top and have your fire heat up, and that, that space around the outside gets real hot, and that, that's the air that heats the room. That's how it happens. I see. Okay. So it's All right. Well, Steve. Your, your, your big green egg that, you know, you can control how much air is getting to the fire to control the heat. Mm-hmm. Well, Steve, I'm glad that you called for two reasons. I'm, I'm interested in what you're saying. And the other okay. thing is, you need to tell me, send me an email on your about your brother. You gave us his address, but if yeah. Nicole is going to give him some things to remember yeah, during next to make I up for his lack of you. Cadillac, what? Yeah, we emailed it to you last night. No, no. What you emailed? What he wants in there? Oh no, no. we don't know no. what, what she's offering. Well, no, she's she's looking for some things like, you know, just fun little things from the store. Yeah. So if there's something that he would like from New Orleans, that since he's not living here, he would very much like a, a memento from home. Since he didn't get a Cadillac, yeah, she right, will put right. some things. So send me a list of things that she might want to put into his swag bag. Okay? Okay. All right. I'll All right. do it. Sounds All right. good. All right, thank you very much. Thank you. So, Tom, back to Robert Bruce. Uh, Robert Bruce, Bruce. the reason he's in your almanac today is that Robert the Bruce was a heroic king of Scotland from 1306 to 1329. He was born today in 1274. In other words, he told jokes? I'm just... I don't know, did Robert Bruce tell jokes? Yeah, that's the one that you know, not Robert? It says something about that, and I was trying to uh, dope it out. Well, I don't know if I don't know if Robert Bruce. I mean, no one knew Robert the Bruce, but Robert Bruce, who is still around with us today, I don't know him well, so I don't know if he oh. was a joke teller. Well, so I was trying to, to figure out what you what you were getting at there. Also today, Tom, in uh, 1953, Walt mm. Kelly's great satirical comic strip Pogo pushed mm-hmm. the flat boat through the swamp with his friend Albert, an alligator. The boat had a different name each time it showed up. New Orleanians perked up when they saw this one, the SS Owen Brennan. Is that right? The Owen Brennan was the founder of the Brennan restaurant uh, business, the brother of all the... I don't know if it was in that particular uh, version of it, but... When Is he they... from here? No. Okay. When they were, uh, they would get these uh, little... little uh, uh, you know the things you you paddle away, uh-huh. and it, and he would do that with his uh, all of his friends who live allegedly in the uh-huh. bayous. Bayous, I see. Uh, well, he must very, be from here. I'll bet you the I bet you the cartoonist he, is from here. He re, no, he's not. The, the only well, thing that's because uh, you said he drew Jason, the Jesuit Blue Jay. About to tell you that. Well, yeah. So maybe yeah. It, maybe he graduated from Jesuit or something. Uh, he didn't. Okay. All right. Uh, we'll have to look it up. I'm going to find out what the connection was because he knows a lot about the area, obviously. So there mm-hmm. must be some connection. Now I'm curious. I'm going to have to go look it up. So the, uh, the the guys at Jesuit asked him to do it because it was a real hip yeah, uh, comic they... strip back in oh, those days. Oh, I see. And I so, see. Okay. Yeah. 
Okay, so maybe, well then maybe that's how he found out about Owen Brennan after they, maybe they asked him to draw Jason first and then he found yeah. out a little bit about the area and then it was, it was Owen Brennan. Yeah, it maybe was, that's it, what the connection was. something like that. All right, we are done for the day and tomorrow we have Stan done Meadows on to talk done about whether or not he We're did well in the Wyoming State Fair. Go to our website, nomenu.com. Oh, I'm sorry, we just a little bit of music there. And yeah. And now I'll be thrown out, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> and we'll I'm try trying to cross-promote all of our stuff, Tom. So it's nomenu.com. That's N-O-M-E-N-U.com. If you would like to share the show with your friends, and we hope that you do, and we hope that you patronize our advertisers because that's how we get to keep this on the air. So uh, it's a good respite from everything else that's out there. I'm sure your friends would be interested in checking out of all their cares just to listen to this silly foolishness about food. Mm -hmm. It's nomenu.com for the podcast, N-O-M-E-N-U.com. That is also where you can sign up for the newsletter, which comes out Tuesdays and Thursdays. A lot of good stuff in there. And uh, we have our Instagram, at the New Orleans Menu. So you should follow us on that, please. <clears throat> and last but not least, uh, stay tuned for the Dine, Wine, and Spirits show with Tim McNally. He's coming up right after us, and we are done for the day. Good night, New Orleans, WGSO. Join me, BJ Rust, every Saturday morning from 11 a.m. to noon for the Something to Say radio show right here on WGSO 990 AM, New Orleans, Louisiana. Mala Harris from California to be his running mate. Regarding the